Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I'm excited because I have with me Christina, who is a second-year MBA student in the class of 22 at Harvard Business School. In addition to being uh, an investment banker at Morgan Stanley, Christina also was a product manager at Uber before she came to HBS. And while she's been at HBS, one of the things that Christina has been up to, in addition to obviously the regular business school experience, is she is the co-founder of the Equity Network, which is a social enterprise which empowers the next generation of diverse business leaders by democratizing access to professional networks. She's also the co-president of the HBS Tech Club and the co-VP of DE&I for the Asian American Business Association. I'm excited to talk to Christina today because she's doing a multitude of really interesting things, but uh, as someone who has always been super passionate about networks and expanding opportunities, I am excited to talk to Christina more about what she's doing with the Equity Network and how it's empowering and helping people of underserved and diverse walks of life really get the opportunities they need to succeed in their career. And so Great to have Christina here today. Christina, um, thank you so much for joining on the MBA Insider Podcast. I always love starting with a warm-up question. So my warm-up question to you is that I would love to know from you, what's a book that you've read that has had an influence or an impact on your life? Great. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Al, for having me today. It's an honor to be here. What's a book that's had an influence on my life? This is perhaps a classic, but How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It was written back early in the 20th century, but even for people who find themselves to be extroverted, I think it has a lot of really great takeaways for how to build relationships, which can go far both in your personal life and professional life. Uh, in particular, I think one theme that the book hammers home is how important it is to you know make the other person feel good. It's not about, they hardly remember what you say, but they do remember how you made them feel. And that's something that I've tried to live my life by. And every time I approach new relationships and conversations, um, really getting to know the other person and asking really thoughtful questions, I think can lead to that openness uh, and sometimes vulnerability that can lead to deeper relationships. And we'll talk about this later, but I think it's definitely shaped the way that I approach networking. And that's also very related to the equity network, the startup that I'm founding. Yeah, absolutely. When you said the name of the book, I couldn't help but think, wow, what a what a relevant book for what you're doing. But also, it is amazing to me how much that book has really stood the test of time. Yeah, and, absolutely. <laughs> I can't remember the exact date of when it came out, but it literally is so long ago. But to this day, as you pointed out, the, the lessons in that book are, are still very relevant, even though the ways in which we build relationships, and even as I think over the past um, 18 months um, have changed, uh, it still is very prescient and telling. So thank you for sharing that. Okay, so before we dig in, would love to know a little bit more about you. I teased it out in the beginning, but you had a couple different roles and opportunities before you came to business school. So what did you do before business school and why did you initially choose to apply for an MBA? Yeah, great question. So I guess rewinding back to when I was in college, I always thought that I would be in finance. My uh, passion for finance actually stemmed from growing up during the 08 financial crisis. I distinctly remember there was an evening when my parents called me and my brother into the living room 
And they basically opened our accounts and said, hey, we lost a lot of no wealth today. No matter what job you have in the future, you need to understand how the financial markets work, how to invest your money, et cetera. And at the time, I was really interested in technology because I come from a family of engineers, but that kind of swayed me to want to explore finance more. My first job out of undergrad was investment banking at Morgan Stanley. And I actually wanted to apply for an MBA during college. There's a program called the 2 plus 2 Deferred Admissions Program at HBS. Essentially, you can apply during your senior year of undergrad. And if you get in, you have to work for at least two years at max four and then you matriculate to school for your MBA. So at the time, I saw business school as a great way to learn more of the like leadership and managerial skills to supplement my technical investment banking background so that one day I could start my own impact investing fund. I had seen just how women there were, for example, uh, in the groups that I was working in at investment banking, but also um, had a lot of experience in the natural resources sector, which is the industry that I was covering. And uh, I think it exposed me to a lot of the problems as well as opportunities that are out there to invest in companies that are creating a sustainable competitive advantage in things like the environment, in gender equity, in healthcare, education, et cetera. So that's the mindset I had before when I submitted my application. And since then, I actually had core jobs in three cities in two industries and two continents after that. So happy to chat a bit more about uh, the twists and turns that happened after graduation too. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And it certainly sounds like you definitely had a lot of great career opportunities, even since the time and you filled out the two plus two application. So I guess maybe a follow up question to that would be, so as we talked about in your bio, you obviously spent some time working in tech, you were a product manager at Uber, coming into business school and starting your experience at HBS. What did you think you wanted to do with your career? And right now we're recording this. It's I think it's the beginning of your second. Mm -hmm. would love to know just how that is either um, changed or maybe evolved, or what are your thoughts on your kind of career prospects right now? Absolutely. Fast forwarding, I guess the the three years after banking, I did a number of different roles at Uber. My reason for pivoting back to tech was to get closer to the operational side and the execution and impact of my work and absolutely loved it there. So I did some work in data analytics, operations, strategy, biz dev, and most recently product management in San Francisco. So I got to wear a lot of hats while I was in tech. Loved my most recent role as a PM during during my last year before coming to school. So my original goal when I got to campus was, you know, I'm going to try to find another PM role, perhaps in an earlier stage startup, because at that point, Uber had been you know, public for a few years, was on to a new chapter. But I think my uh, aspirations actually changed a little bit when I stumbled onto the equity network uh, by accident, actually, the summer before business school started. And essentially, there is a, we have a giant Slack workspace for all the students to get to know each other. This was also during COVID, so that was our only way to connect with folks. But one of my classmates started an entrepreneurship Slack channel for students who were thinking about startup ideas, didn't have to be super advanced, even at the ideation stage. And she basically created this like spreadsheet of students who want to find each other and bounce ideas. This person ended up being my co-founder. We started chatting about our old startup ideas. And then essentially after the height of the Black Lives Matter movement and recognizing we as business school students could do more to open our personal professional networks to others and really make a difference for minorities and underrepresented groups in the workplace, that really took off. And we just couldn't stop thinking about that problem and trying to solve it. And thus, my aspirations shifted to launching this social enterprise during business school. And I think looking back, the thing that I, I realized that I learned through this process was, you know, business school is this like once in a lifetime opportunity to try something new. 
in a resource-rich but low-risk, you know, relatively, environment. And if you can get a job without business school, like I'm sure I'd, I'd done PM at Uber, I'd pr probably get another PM job somewhere else. But business school is a chance to really stretch yourself. Uh, and I'm very good that I went through with that uh, commitment. I love that you just talked about business school as a uh, risk-free, resource-rich as a kind of a tagline for it. And certainly there isn't zero risk, but it's probably the lowest amount of risk that most people will ever have. And I just think about it in the context of when you work a job, if you want to try something, there's a certain amount of risk that comes with it in terms of your job as well as for the company. But when you're in business school, uh, a lot of that you know, certainly goes away. And so I can certainly see how now would be a, a great opportunity, a transformative opportunity to uh, try something and also to do it in an environment where, as you pointed out, you do have some amazing resources around you, whether those are actual resources or, or human capital in terms of people and relationships and whatnot, to be able to build something exciting. And with that, let, let's talk about a little bit more about the equity network, we tease it out a little bit, but tell us a little about what it is, what problem you're solving for and, and who's it really for? Yeah, great. So the Equity Network is a social enterprise, as we mentioned earlier, that empowers the next generation of diverse business leaders by democratizing access to professional networks. So we all know when it comes to career progression, who you often matters more than what you know. But unfortunately, not all networks are created equal. Uh, LinkedIn actually did a study on this network gap where people who grow up in high income zip codes, attend elite schools and work at top companies have up to a 12 times advantage in gaining access to opportunity over others. So this network gap disproportionately disadvantages people of color. So that's why I founded the Equity Network. It's a platform that helps Black, Latinx, Native American college students and recent grads or advisees book free one-on-one -on -one conversations with professionals in their dream jobs or advisors. So our mission really is to empower this next generation of diverse business leaders by democratizing access to professional networks and job opportunities, whereas these things are, tend to be very closed off and related to the resources that you were given at birth or that you were lucky enough to have throughout your life. So we came upon this uh, idea uh, somewhat by accident. Me and my co-founder last summer, uh, when we were thinking about you know, what more can we do to close inequity gaps in our spheres of influence, we realized that you know, something as simple as offering coffee chats on LinkedIn to strangers. I, I did that in June. I thought, okay, you know what? Uh, I'll just put up a Calendly and see how many people sign up. I'll try to pay it forward, resume reviews, mock interviews, whatever I can. And that filled up very quickly. We then ended up getting 70 of our HBS incoming classmates to sign up for the HBS mentor directory. That blew up very quickly too. And then we realized that we were onto something there. So our, we now have a, a functional website and app our vision is really to create a three-sided platform, actually, not just two sides. So we want to allow advisors to be able to pay it forward on their own schedule, for advisees to gain the knowledge and connections they need to break into and thrive in their dream roles, and for employers, that third side, to hire and retain diverse talent at scale. So we worked on this throughout the first year of school, as well as this past summer. But I can speak a little bit about the resources I leveraged at HBS that helped me do that. And we just concluded a really successful pilot with uh, 55 advisors and 37 advisees. The metrics were really great. I think we found that the advisees really enjoyed the meetings and thought that they were super helpful for helping them gain clarity on what roles they want, as well as tactical knowledge on how to break into those. And the advisors too, I think a lot of people, it really resonates with them, this ability to pay it forward. And you're never too young to pay it forward to others in need or to others who are just a couple steps behind. So the vast majority of them also agree that the meetings were a meaningful use of their time. 
So our focus this year is to launch our V2 platform to the public. So that'll be coming sometime this fall. And we want to scale our user base and hopefully land our first paying employer customer before the end of the year. That's great. Thank you for sharing about that. That's super exciting. And I'd love to maybe dig into it a little bit more. I I think what you laid out there makes a ton of sense. And even the stat you gave just from the LinkedIn research, which I've seen before, just in terms of people of color having a lack of access and just how much that is a challenge. And so the problem is very clear, but I'm curious about your why for why you decided you wanted to devote some time to solving this. Uh, you certainly could pursue a multitude of different things in business school. But what made you decide that this was something that you were excited about solving, that you wanted to commit your time to solving? Is this something that you, I'm assuming it's something you care about, but also just you've worked at a lot of great companies. I'm sure you may have, I'm assuming you may have seen some of the challenges with this in your own experience, but could yeah. you maybe share a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So I guess the personal motivation, one thing uh, to clarify, you know, of course, I don't come from Blacks, Latinx or Native American community myself, but I wouldn't be where I am today without my network. So I was really lucky to have fellow students, alumni, mentors really help me throughout college and even after college to figure out where my next steps would be to really go out of their way and advocate for me. Um, and I don't think I could have done that alone. And I think the more that I speak to other students, I realize like, man, this is low hanging fruit. Something as simple as sharing your time with someone, sharing your network with someone, providing emotional support, as well as being a cheerleader throughout that process. I think as someone who experienced a lot of imposter syndrome, particularly in you know, the male dominated industries of investment banking and, and tech to some degree, I think that's something that I realized I want to stretch myself a bit more to be able to extend my privilege to be able to help uh, level the playing field for others. And I think another reason why I'm working on this is a, a what a professor at HBS, he calls the shower test. If there's something that you're waking up every day and you just can't stop thinking about it, like you're in the shower, you're thinking about it, you're cooking dinner and a new idea pops into your head, you're really obsessed about that, that's a good sign that it is something that you should pursue potentially as a startup idea. And I've been really obsessed with solving this problem for ever since this kind of was incepted. And I think like also just understanding that if I can empower others and help people help other people better, that's one way that you can really make a difference and make an impact on both a person to person level, but at scale. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for also giving a little bit more context for your why. And it's definitely something I can relate to as well. I previously was a product marketer and a management consultant. And so I could definitely see the impact of the relationships that I had in terms of being able to get new career opportunities, as well as just in terms of being able just to get things done in 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 the workplace. But as someone who I don't, I'm Asian American, and in some respects, I definitely, in many respects, I have not had to face the same types of challenges that um, other people of color, Black, Latinx, et cetera, have faced. Certainly also have seen, and as I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, concepts like the bamboo ceiling that faced other Asians as well. And I'm someone who has always been tried to be mindful of the importance of creating opportunities, particularly those who are underserved, but also very much understanding how I've benefited from as well and, and trying to you know hold space for both of those because yeah. certainly I very much want to advocate for other folks who are dealing with things like the bamboo ceiling or other types of challenges that they face. But I love what you're doing in terms of also thinking even deeper than that and even bigger than that in terms of I think the thing that I always come back to is just if we can um, solve some of the challenges or help solve some of the, the issues for the people who are the least resourced, then we all can still find ways to win too. That Absolutely. will benefit. That will benefit all of us. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. And so I want to get back to maybe you, you teased it again a little bit, but HBS has plenty of resources. I would love to know from your perspective in terms of building the social enterprise, what have you really leaned into or invested in your time in or, or done that has really helped you work on the social enterprise? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there there are a lot of questions out there about, oh, if I want to start a company, do I really need to go to business school for them? And I just want to dispel right now, no, you don't have to go to business school to start a company. It is a really great place to leverage the network and resources that'll help you get there. So I guess I'll start first with the people at business school. As HBS, they're trying to fill a diverse class and every single way that every design that they incorporate into you know, the section experience, discussion groups. They really try to expose you to people who come from all walks of life, different academic backgrounds, industry backgrounds, et cetera. So I think number one, um, just getting to meet all the people here has been really incredible. Whatever industry you're working in, you come from a bubble. I definitely felt that when I was in the New York finance bubble or in the you know, San Francisco Bay Area tech bubble. And I think when you're exposed to people who are very different from you, that's where the real innovation. Case in point, I met my co-founder through the Slack before we even got to school. Some of our you know, most uh, biggest advocates uh, and advisors on our platform are people who I never would have met without coming to business school to meet them. And, and the third of all, HBS has what's called the case study method. And the case study method is a really unique way of running classes where instead of it being lecture-based and you memorizing or observing the information, every class is a case study that you dynamically debate with your classmates. And there's no right answer, but your job is essentially to practice pattern recognition and bring a new perspective to the table. So I think even just being able to talk about um, Talk about that in a classroom and be exposed to this uh, really diverse network has been extremely valuable. I think the second one is just the programs that are available. So at HBS, there's the Arthur Rock Center for Entrepreneurship. There is the Harvard-wide Innovation Lab. There are numerous pitch competitions, new venture competition, stuff at MIT. And there's just so many uh, amazing professors, too, that their doors are always open. So one thing that uh, I'm really glad that we did this first year was just really network within HBS with the faculty, with the staff, with different students, but also just sign up for all of these resources. So we were able to win our first pitch competition, Berkeley's Investing Inclusion Pitch Competition back in the spring. We got $8,000 from that got more funding uh, through the Rock Center, through what's called the Rock Accelerator Program. This summer, uh, they have something that's called the Rock Summer Fellows or the Social Enterprise Summer Fellows Program, where they will actually pay you to work on your own startup or to intern at a very early stage startup and provide you with a little bit of funding for that too. So from the funding perspective, from the program's perspective, from the faculty and, and staff and just the network perspective, I do think that there's no better place to do that at Harvard Business School um, or business school in general. And you also get that 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 space that you I don't think you would have that same mental space if you're working a full-time job and trying to start a company at the same time. So that has just been a true blessing. Uh, there, there, there's so many great resources in there. And I'm curious as you've been able to take advantage of these, either these people, these programs or these resources. What's been maybe an engaging or enlightening, you know, part of this process for you in terms of being an entrepreneur or founder? What has really, through participating in these things, what has really made you light up or gotten you super energized about building something like this? Yeah, good question. So I think there's probably two things. The first is just seeing how open and excited people are to help us. As a founder, you're gonna get a lot of opinions, good feedback, constructive feedback, 
bad feedback even, but I think overall, everyone has been so excited to support our mission. Professors we've spoken to have offered to make connections for us, for people in their network, and that has been really fruitful. And I realized that business school is really a community where you look out for each other and you will go out of your way to help each other. And I thought, man, how do we democratize that? So coming back to the equity network, like what if we all helped each other in the same way that we would our fellow alumni, our family members? What if we just all helped everyone, especially those who needed the most with that same sort of idea? So I've been very inspired by that culture of helping each other, paying on campus. And that's something that I think we want to bring to the equity network, as well as to change that culture overall in the professional world, where sometimes it feels a little bit like I went through it this way, therefore you have to. I don't think that should be the case. So I think um, that's number one. Number two, I think, is um, my own journey overcoming self-doubt and imposter syndrome. And what I mean about that is obviously I love the equity network. If you want to work in this full time is being able to do that requires obviously having some funding to keep us going so we can continue building this and living at the same time. But something that I realized was like, you talk to, you turn around to someone sitting next to you in a classroom and like they founded a company or this person's an awesome investor, or this person's worked at several nonprofits or done teach for America. And you're like, man, like, there are people who've done some amazing things here. I can do that too. I can start a company. There's tons of you know examples of prior students and alumni who have really taken that risk and, and uh, given it their all and have succeeded. So I think I'm still trying to work through, I can do this too. Like this can happen versus uh, the kind of risk averse mindset that I think a lot of us might've had growing up and getting to this point. Sure. And I, I definitely can understand that. And I think that also, again, speaks to the comment you made in the beginning of business school being a, a, a resource-rich and risk-free environment that allows you to to take some of these risks and to mm-hmm. perhaps maybe evolve your own thinking about how you even evaluate risk. And that certainly comes from just uh, the ability to have this experience being in an MBA program. And certainly, uh, as you mentioned, you could have done this outside of an MBA program, but I think it just gives you a greater, a different avenue and different set of resources in order to be able to do it. And Definitely. No reason to believe that you couldn't do it outside of it, but it certainly helps being in this environment. What you mentioned earlier, I think that you just had a pilot. So we'd kind of love to hear just what did you do in the pilot, how it all worked and what kind of the general feedback was coming out of that pilot for what you did. Yeah, absolutely. So we ran a two-month pilot this summer. Our minimum viable product was that mentorship directory spreadsheet from last summer. So this summer, we're like, okay, let's solve some of the pain points of that, letting advisors set their own capacity so they don't get blown up, ensuring equal access to all the advisors, blah, blah, blah. So we actually built our first version of the web app using Bubble, a no-code platform, which was really exciting to get to learn and, and to do that from scratch. And uh, we onboarded 55 advisors uh, who come from amazing backgrounds. Uh, they're all HBS students to start from places like McKinsey, Google, Salesforce, Goldman, Amazon, et cetera. And 37 advisees who came from our, our individual networks, me and my co-founder, as well as through different partner nonprofit organizations um, that we partnered with. The feedback was really great. We had close to 100 conversations transpire over the summer. I think 95% of the advisees said that the meetings were helpful or very helpful meeting their goals. And 99% of the advisors have said that the meetings were a meaningful use of their time. And that's pretty incredible. I think I 
was surprised to just see just how valuable even one coffee chat can change someone's life or give them that additional clarity that they need to take the next step. And it's just given me further conviction that this is a model that can work and it's something that people take a lot of pride and joy in being able to do. So um, the feedback was very positive. We ironed out some of the product kinks. We're thinking about our next steps. That's what we're going to be focusing on this fall is really expanding access beyond business school to the greater public, anyone in professional careers, and then continue to go from there. That's super exciting. And that was going to be my next question in terms of now that you've had this pilot, what's on the roadmap? And it sounds like you're not only looking to you know, expand the scope of it, but also to take it to the general public. And I think at one point you said even potentially even taking it to a company. Did I hear that right? Yeah, that's like absolutely true. I think something that a lot of people experience now is you go to a, you go to a company website or you go to the mm-hmm. jobs page sure. and you see all these different jobs, but A, you don't know anyone who works for the company. B, like, wouldn't it be nice to actually talk to someone who works there who also works in that role? And that's what we want to change is really giving you the opportunity to like get that insider scoop and perspective on will I actually like working here? What does a person in this role actually do? What do I really need to know to actually break Mm -hmm. in? Because there's so much crap on the internet. (laughs) Honestly, like it's very fragmented. And for someone who's just starting out their career, it's a lot to navigate. And most of us did not get to where we are today by doing it alone. So we actually plan to monetize ideally through the employers. So onboarding employers and giving them essentially opportunities to tap into our user base of diverse, talented candidates. So offering job opportunities, networking events, highlighted advisors, et cetera, to really close that gap and and start that three-sided marketplace flywheel. That's the goal that we have there. Yeah, that's super exciting. Christina, uh, thank you so much for for joining today, uh, for sharing a little bit of your background and in talking about the Equity Network. If our listeners want to learn more or find out how they can participate and get involved, if they can, where can they find you or where can they go? Yeah, they can go to theequitynetwork.com and feel free to sign up for a wait list right there on the site. Uh, and we will be in touch very soon with information on the full launch. Thank you so much for having me today, Al. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.